1: one fictional it's up to you who you choose you pick them all it's up to you
0: who you choose you pick them all who you having make it who you wish this is your dinner party and it's your guest list
1: hello and welcome to episode 12 of guest list with Jake Lambert the podcast where I interview comedians to find out who would be their perfect dinner party guests but they can only pick three one has to be alive, one has to be dead, and one has to be fictional. This week, we are joined by Sean McLaughlin. Now, two things. One, I'm going to keep the intro very short because it's a long episode and I wanted to try and keep it under an hour. Two, oh no, three things actually, <laughs> two. um, In this interview chat, we talk about the fact, now Sean and I are both lucky enough to um, have played um, stadiums and supported big acts so we talk about that but i want you to know that i kept it in because it's it's interesting i think but i want you to know that i'm fully aware because it might sound a bit crass um but we talk about the fact mainly that we shouldn't it's insane that we're there playing these rooms second note third thirdly thirdly we start this conversation talking about sean's A show which is on youtube and spotify and it's amazing i genuinely cannot recommend it highly enough and a lot of people have uh, messaged me to say that they've sort of discovered new acts via this podcast and then gone on and sort of checked their work out which is brilliant um and definitely do that with sean's because his show is as i say in the podcast one of the best shows i've ever seen um as usual Please like and rate and subscribe and do share on social media. Thanks to everybody who does that and, and tags me in things. It's amazing. Thank you very much. And please continue to do so. It means a lot and it does make a difference. And now please interview, uh, enjoy, oh my God, enjoy my conversation with Sean McLaughlin. I still consider, and talk to people, one of the best shows I've ever seen.
0: Oh, thanks, man. That's really sweet. That's really nice. And of
1: you. obviously, for people to listen, that that's available, isn't it? Just on YouTube or something?
0: Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's just been released as an album as well. It's the Ooh, same that's recording, cool. and the album has got a f- bit more in it. Um, so yeah, do both.
1: A lot of because in America, it's a bigger thing, isn't it, to release albums? Comedy albums are a real common thing, which I think are coming over here a lot more. But they always say well, I say that, I've listened to a few American comedians on their podcasts who say they release albums. People still want to watch that same show because there's jokes that just didn't make sense only audibly or they just, once you see it visually, it's a completely other experience.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I sort of worried because I'd released it on, I'd put it onto YouTube, the recording, while there were still negotiations with this label about, Putting it out as an album, and I don't—I've done an album with them a couple of years ago, which I really enjoyed, and I and and because of that American sort of comedy album culture, I just thought it'd be great, and I've always loved them, and I always wondered why it wasn't a bigger deal here. But it seems like there were there were no problems with me putting this basically the same recording out as an album because I think it's just viewed as two totally different things. Like yeah, yeah, the market for almost the album is almost. Like, Cause they have like comedy radio stations and stuff in America. And it's, it's, I think they're viewed as just different revenue streams um, and one hopefully feeds the other. So. Uh, so where is it?
1: Where can people get the album?
0: Oh, just listen on Spotify, man. Don't.
1: Pay oh, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's on Spotify. So's the other one. And then, and then the full shows on, um on YouTube as well. If you want to watch it. And I, yeah, it's, I'm glad how it turned out. Okay. I can't complain.
1: Where Where's the record? Where did you film it? Top secret. Oh, lovely. Top secret
0: in London. Yeah, it was, it was really great. Cause it was like, it was like a Monday night. It was kind of, there was no support act. It was like, we could have done it so differently, but it was the second crack at recording it. I'd recorded it on the tour in Brighton and it just didn't, it just wasn't good enough. I thought it just wasn't good enough. So then I, we recorded it again, and it was uh it was one of the it was a great show because it sort of started okay, but then just you could feel it building as I was performing it, which is right. I always find those the most fun shows to do well,
1: what i also i don't know if you have been doing this I've been watching a lot of uh comedy like documentaries um I don't know if you saw the comedy store documentary that they made it's on sky about about the l a comedy store and it's like a six parter. And it's incredible. And then I was watching one recently, which is free on Amazon prime about the comic strip in New York. Yeah. And I've realized how over there, like we said about the records and the albums, they've got such a better sort of culture for comedy. And I feel like over here, like top secrets, amazing. We're all going to look back at top secrets. If it was, if it went in 15, 20 years, we'd look back and go, that place was incredible. Like, people should film stuff there that should sort of be documented because yeah. it's, it's we'd all consider it, it's the best club, certainly in London.
0: Ah, uh, I, I think without any doubt, it's the best club in London. And that's no disrespect to all the other clubs who put me in that. <laughs> <I love laughs> uh, but top secret, I feel like top secret opening in London and I guess hot water opening in Liverpool. mm sort of around the same time. I do think they kind of changed the game because they sort of seem to get audiences that, that were kind of... I mean, I, this is so boring to listen to for, non-com, for non-comedians. I, I really don't like how we view ourselves as inferior to America or North America in yeah. stand-up sense. I really think the comedians here are better in general. Mm. I think the culture here is probably better it's less respected and it has less kind of uh cultural value yeah but I do think it's I, I just think it's a there's nowhere better to be a comedian than this country because I went to I went to New York in December 2019 so basically mm. the last time I could have <laughs> I could have gone and I loved it I loved doing the gigs I loved you know I, I did a solo show I just I loved it but it was um at the first show, I was, I was a bit like, oh, fuck, I don't know, man, this is, you know, we're just stepping up a level here. And you're not. Right. You're not. They're, it's like, oh, they're just as up and down as anywhere else.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, the audiences are probably a bit, have probably lower standards.
1: Okay. I mean, so where did you perform?
0: I didn't I did the Gotham Comedy Club, I did oh, and wow. comedy club and I did a solo show at Union Hall. And it was great. Oh, wow. like, I worked with some amazing people. But I also worked with some absolute dog <laughs> turd <packs laughs> who would not have lasted 5 minutes at a British club. So I think it's, you know, right. I think we, should, we should puff ourselves up a bit more on that in that sense.
1: I completely um, agree and I was messaging another great club um I should say, I was messaging James Gill from Always Be Comedy about that comedy store documentary. And I was saying to him, we need to make more of a deal of how good it is over here. We just sort of shout, you're right, and rave about it a lot more because we sort of believe it's in their sort of, uh, uh, what what is it, in their culture to sort of big themselves up. And it is literally the complete opposite for us. So of course we're going to fail to do that and not make a big fuss over it like we should because we're just, we're bred that way.
0: Yeah, I think, I hope... I mean, I've just thought of this just straight off the top of my head. So this could all be bollocks. But I do think kind of around halfway through last year when there was that big moment when we realised oh, we are going to have to all really fight to keep this industry alive. And, you know, there was that Mm. appeal to the government for some funding. That was sort of the first time I think I, I felt like the industry, the comedy industry came together and was like, we're really great. We've built something really good here and we shouldn't let it Die, and I wonder if that can carry on.
1: That's so true.
0: British comics are just so ripe for exploitation. Like, just like we're such mugs. You can tell us anything. Like, yeah, you need to do this. And we're like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Like the way you, the amount of money people lose in, at the end of the fringe every year. Yeah. Like that. I hope. Um, yeah, I wonder if that feeling will kind of stick. I, I think it. I think it should.
1: That's such. It is such a good point, and it's so funny that it's literally. When we are at our lowest ebb, when we, we, our only option is to turn around and beg that we finally say, Yeah, actually, we are quite good.
0: That's it. We're not even asking to keep the whole thing going. Just, we're just asking for a life support machine. We've like, got to be worth that. Come on. Just don't, don't pull the plug yet, Rishi, please. Um... And, yeah,
1: You and I, n- now that we've talked about, I feel we can balance this, now that we've talked about our whole industry sort of dying, we can also now balance that out with you and I, both very lucky enough to sort of play, have played, uh, I hate the word, Stadia.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You um, you support Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And a lot in Europe.
0: Yeah. Like you did. What, what were the ones you did in, were you the European dates with McIntyre?
1: You yeah. Know? So we did, um, we we went and did um, Norway. We did four nights in Norway. Have you done like was it was, the
0: spectrum in Oslo?
1: It was incredible. Yeah. It was the, and, and at a time I realized arenas, it was one of the few that I think could work because it was almost somehow intimate, which yeah, sounds I, insane because it's thousands and thousands of people.
0: I think it's, 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 a really unusual quirk in my career, and I don't know if you feel the same. Where I've become accustomed to understanding the acoustics of of, of mega venues, <laughs> and it's like I have absolutely no right to need to know this, but somehow I do. I think it is probably. I do think being a tour support on that level, being any tour support, I think is great, and I've done it all. Mm. You know. I feel very lucky. I supported a lot of people at various stages. I think when you're opening for like a big star, like you know, we've been lucky enough to do in massive yeah. venues, it's probably the best job, I think, in comedy. Like I do think it's the, y- yes. because really I view it's like I'm playing the same venues as these people, I'm playing the same crowds <laughs> as these people, and I, I don't even need the hassle like without the hassle of actually becoming really successful (laughs) like like i'm basically living the same life the money's less obviously but i also am not a superstar i can go out for a coffee and not be bothered so
1: i'm so used to uh driving parking um outside and walking into the venue but with these ones you just sort of a massive garage door opens and you sort of drive into backstage and then this guy a norwegian guy he was there all four nights and he, uh, he came up to me on the last night we were in Trondheim and he said, uh, what do you want for dinner? Every time he'd come up to me, he'd go, what, what do you want for dinner? And I'd be like, oh, what is there? And he would list off all these foods. And I was like, this is insane. And he would be like, there's Chinese, Italian, they've got pasta. I'd be like, amazing. And then we were there and I remember being in um, Trondheim and thinking, really fancy, yeah, fancy, i like, will have the Chinese food, I have some Chinese foods. Like, what do you want? I sort of gave like a random sort of you know, well, a usual Chinese sort of order. And then I walked off stage and it would be ready in my like dressing room for me when I'd walked off stage. And I said to him, I was like, this is incredible. Why is all the food here so good? He said, we've just got everything. I said, the arenas back home don't have this. And he looked to me like I was an idiot and went, no, no, no. I'd go out and get this for you. And I realized mm-hmm. he took my order. I walked onto stage. He would go out to like the local takeaway, get my food for me, bring it back and have yeah. it ready for me. And me like an idiot was going, Oh cheers, mate, thinking he'd like walked <laughs> around the corner, <laughs> just gone to their yeah. ridiculous buffer.
0: Just how quickly <laughs> it spoils you. Like you're immediately <laughs> used to that level of service.
1: And then the night after we got back from um, from Norway, I was um, gigging actually with i was with ramesh in ipswich and i drove myself there um not complaining but i drove myself to the venue and the guy who was in the like backstage car park would not believe that i was there to open for ramesh so he yeah. kept going so if, if i let you in you're gonna park over there and you're gonna walk through that back door are you and i was like well I, if that's where i go yeah i guess so he goes he goes <laughs> right because it's, it's locked you have to knock on it and then ramesh's Tour manager will open the door. He'll see you. He'll know you and he'll let you in, will he? And I went, well, I, I assume that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's what's happening every other time. And he watched. And so I, I went and I knocked. And then obviously, classically, there's no answer. So I'm just there <laughs> hanging on this door, <laughs> calling, trying to think. And then finally, uh, Gratia comes out and I did say to him on front, I was like, can you just pretend for a minute that you don't know who I am? But obviously that was a very confusing thing for him to hear. So he didn't play along with it at all. <laughs> it was a real foolful grace. I think
0: that's, that's, that's the other side of it. I do think even if you're doing tour support for that, for, on, on a level like that, it does keep you humble enough. When yes. at our level, you're still doing a lot of the meat and potato stand up stuff. Yeah. Like I think I, I remember when I did, um, I wasn't the tour support for, Gervais on the tour before this one I was sort of the backup so I did about Uh, 10 dates overall but one of the ones I did was in Leeds on a Friday night and it was like the biggest date I think in the UK it was like 8,000 people or something it was just so fun it was such an incredible show so that was the Friday night and then the Saturday night I was closing a I was basically closing an open mic night in the basement of a steak restaurant and I was just like I can't I don't know if I can deal with, with my head now. So I do I do think actually in a way that those, those sort of crazy shifts in mood and adrenaline have actually prepared me quite well for, for the pandemic because there's sort of nothing emotionally I haven't seen before.
1: It is comedy and very lucky that it has major highs because it really does have some manic lows.
0: You would never imagine. Like, you would never imagine.
1: In Uh, fact, I I do, yeah. I remember driving myself there in my quarter after Norway, um, having my head, for the point of juxtaposition, flown to Norway and back on a private jet. I was now... (laughs) (laughs) I was now winding down the window of a quarter to to make sure this guy and convince this guy knew that I was, in fact, meant to be at this next gig
0: <laughs> I absolutely I mean that's it a private jet we've actually I was thinking this the other day we've actually shared a lot a strange amount of I was trying to think of like big moments in my life like didn't we watch England's World Cup semi-final together
1: yes we did
0: in Streatham um, more of, that's genuinely one of the big one of the biggest nights of my life that. one of the biggest nights of my
1: yeah if we're talking about the roller rollercoasters and major highs of manic lows of comedy we had it all condensed there in 90 minutes
0: 100%. I do th- I honestly do think that that hour between Kieran Trippier scoring in, what was it the 4th minute?
1: Yeah, th- yeah.
0: And Croatia equalizing was probably <laughs> the most the, the the I don't think I've ever I don't know if I'll ever feel like that again.
1: I could not agree more. We were literally on chairs on tables. We were singing, we were done. it was like yeah. we were there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was it, so confident
1: at half-time I went to the bar to ask if I could book the table for the final. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you ordered that booking uh, through tears and gritted teeth. It
1: really wasn't the same. <laughs> Cried after a roast dinner watching the final. Yeah. It was... I mean, at that point, I would have happily stayed there for the entire week, just carrying on drinking, waiting for the final.
0: It was quite a motley crew there as well, because I didn't know a few of the people there. It was like a a couple of my school friends were there. There's a few other comics. There were some people from Melbourne that were there. Yeah, these Australians could be laughing at us. Yeah, (laughs) we were enjoying the football.
1: (laughs) Well, it must have looked like that. Suddenly, they're one of the few people who've come over here, and England is just what they imagined it to be. People literally jumping on tables, (laughs) watching a football match. It was incredible, and I had a video. Do you remember I filmed you? They showed the uh, the replay of the goal. And I recorded the pub's reaction because I knew it was e- that was even going to be big. And it's an amazing video of you punching the air, even celebrating the replay going in.
0: Yeah, I, I remember that. Because I was wearing, I think I had like an England shirt on. And I, don't, I doubt I've still got that. I probably fucking threw it in the bin after that game. But I was just so into it. I was so, it, it was like, I was like Baddiel and Skinner in 96. Like that's the level of it was, was.
1: I, I honestly think i used that as a moment to really make me feel sad when when the euros was cancelled last year that i was remembering i knew the highs i was like no no no. it wasn't just that i was going to miss football i knew what it could be i yeah. knew it could be us in a pub on a table i mean if it's all open we have to watch a game together this year i
0: think we've got we've got it. me and you, me and you will um we'll i book, mean we'll go to the pub we'll book out the final <laughs> preemptively
1: Sean, there's a there's been a knock at the door. It's your it's your first guest of the evening. It's your alive guest. So uh, who's joining us? Who's at the door?
0: Well, this is this is the trickiest one for me. All right. Um, because well, I don't know if they're still alive, <laughs> but I'm assuming they are. And this is my old RE teacher. Oh <laughs> my. Am I allowed to name them? I don't want to name them.
1: Your My, uh, RE teacher. I mean, high praise to any teacher who isn't some sort of 90-year-old lecturer from Oxbridge, uh, yeah. teaching you philosophy to get a yeah. mention in your a pivotal person out of, as I say, 7.5 billion people in the world.
0: Well, what I need what I need to stress then at this point is that I am only inviting them out of spite because I hate <laughs> them. <laughs> I hate them. Right, <laughs> I hate this person. It's the year nine one. Now, I had two nightmare RE teachers when I was in secondary school, but the year nine one really stuck with me because uh, he really had it in for me. And I want to invite. Oh. And I wish I'd. I wish I'd had the confidence as a sort of fourteen year old, fifteen year old. Yeah. To, to ask him what his <laughs> fucking problem was. And I think now, as someone in his early thirties, <laughs> coming up to mid thirties, I would say. I have enough about me because they'd be very old and vulnerable now. So I, I would hold all. I would hold all the cards.
1: So um, can I? Ask, at this point, I know you've done your show, which was sort of about you and, and religion. What yeah. is your re- religious state? What, what at the time? <laughs> that?
0: Uh, I don't have a. I don't have a state. Right I mean, at fourteen, fifteen,
1: your what are you there though? Would you be a religion or no?
0: No state. No. i mean, Grew up. It was a Catholic school.
1: That's, right.
0: I guess relevant, but it was you know it was it was just state school. It was comprehensive, so they couldn't they couldn't lay it on that thick. Yeah. So actually, okay. I, st- I still think they laid it on thicker than they probably were allowed to. Um, but whatever. Um, and I, but it's more like it's just. I mean, what can I tell you? It's nothing even to do with the subject. It's just,
1: just this teacher.
0: I just hated him so much. He all he always had a go at me. He was like all I ever tried to do was try and like make it. Like I'd do all the homework, and I would just try and make it a bit creative, and he would just attack, 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 and. I was about to say I'm over it, but I think the fact that you asked this question and my first thought was, I want this prick and I want to show him, shows that actually I'm not over it. Uh, But I remember one incident in particular, which was um, we had to write ourselves uh, evaluations on how we'd done. I think it was maybe halfway through the year. Right. That we then had to hand in with some homework or something. And I wrote, In my evaluation, I wish I still had it. I go, I basically was like a long sort of Aaron Sorkin-esque in my head, (laughs) (laughs) sort of brilliant paragraph about like, (laughs) I think I've been treated really unfairly in this class. You know, I'm not an aggressive person. Like, yeah, maybe I talk a lot, but I try and be creative. I do, everything I do is wrong. But I think if I'd have, I say, I think if I'd have given this work to any other teacher, I would have got really good marks. All this stuff. And then a few weeks later, he held me back. This is a bit, like My heart's going crazy even just telling this story. Right. This is a big moment for me as a, as a young man. I think I was a, a boy who became a man in this moment. All right, Jake? Wow.
1: I feel like this is Desert Island and, Discs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he held me back to, to... I don't know what I'd done. I'd probably dropped a pencil or something. And he held me back. And he was just, he went through my workbook. And he pointed at all the stuff he didn't like that I'd done in the year. He pointed at all of it, all of it. And then he got to the page where I'd written this thing. Oh. And I thought, I remember going, well, here we go. This is it. And then he just turned it and kept insulting the other work and ignored it. And I oh. I, do, I do, look, I, I wasn't that perceptive as a young man, but I do remember that moment being like, God, you're a fucking coward, aren't you? <laughs> like, You yeah. really are. What a small man. Um, and so out of revenge I'm going to invite him to this amazing dinner party to really get to grips with who he is
1: I think you won do you think so? I think you've already won because he he would have hated that he now knows that you saw that he that you saw that he had seen that blimey that's a confusing sentence he now knows that you had seen that he had seen that essay
0: well I don't I mean look do I feel like he's won or do I feel that I've won? the end of the day, it's 20 years later and I'm on your podcast talking to you about it. And there's a good chance he's dead. So, yeah, I, I think I did win, actually. Do I think he's thought about me once in the last 20 years? I'd like to think he's thought about me about me every single day. And he's followed my career with keen interest and was delighted at my failures <laughs> and has grown increasingly disgusted at my successes I think he listens to my album every night and howls at the moon
1: yeah um, but, well maybe maybe it's, maybe it's a draw
0: I just think it's like I don't know man I think I well just, I, it's, I, it's hard for me to say I hate teachers because both mm. of my parents are teachers but I think oh. I do hate I do think were they, they teachers
1: at this school no no, no, no. right okay um, right
0: but I also am like, I don't know why I just, I really, I do, I do think like the, the way that he didn't deal with me attempting to stand up for myself, I just would love to get, especially with some of the other guests I've got coming. I'm really thinking right. me on the back foot emotionally. <laughs> and I just want to, I just want to know. I just want to know. Well,
1: a perfect time to move on then to see who else is turning up to this, uh, Roasting I, just, the...
0: I cannot imagine that this is making me come across well.
1: Hope <laughs> Some people maybe can relate. Maybe, maybe, maybe I would maybe want to have a word with Mr. Sims and ask about some of his behaviour.
0: Mr. Sims?
1: Mr. Sims, yeah, and he always wore a green shirt. Um, he looked a bit like... He looked like an angry Mr. Bean. <laughs> I...
0: I bet the release of the Sims games absolutely ruined his career. <laughs> I just that would ruin his life. He's got all these kids every day. Oh, Mr. Sims, <laughs> I'm going to
1: control. I'm going to. I'm going to make you just start a fire in the corner of your kitchen, and then just sort of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to throw you into the into the pool and take away the ladder. <laughs> Um, well, on that dark Yeah, moment, mine, was called Mr. H- mine was called Mr Hubert Oh, and we are doing it now Hubert, <laughs> And I know you are Because we are great rivals throughout history Jake Lambert thinks I win <laughs> so, Okay,
1: there's another knock at the door It's good time and I think it's needed It's getting a bit tense with you and Hubert
0: <laughs> It's not going to get any easier, mate it's,
1: it's Here we go Second guest You're dead guest They've arrived You open the door Who's there? The weird way to uh, say it.
0: <laughs> I hear the pitter-patter of tiny feet, as it is none other than Mr. Napoleon Bonaparte.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, a, a huge choice. Um, yeah. Sort of one of history's great figures, mm-hmm. uh, despite his size. What is your relationship with Napoleon Bonaparte?
0: Uh, well... The short answer is, I was I was sort of halfway th- oh. through an audio an, uh, an audio book about him, um, about his life, and then I never finished it. So it'd be good to just hear the rest of it from him. I read uh, I read a book about him a few years ago that and it oh. stuck with me. A fascinating uh, fascinating figure. I loved his, Loved his life for good and for bad. And I just th- I just want to know what makes him tick. And I do think as well, like bring it back to Mister Hubert. I do think. You can't call. You can't. It's, I go. I've I've got Napoleon at my dinner party, Cubert. So it is impressive. Maybe you should, maybe you should have let. Me, maybe you should have let me draw those cartoons. Yeah. So
1: why Napoleon though? What, is it, I'm sure you've read many books about history. Oh, is that a wrong assumption for me to make about <laughs> you? I don't know where that's come a from. Massive, to be honest, a
0: massive assumption. <laughs> I've read a few. What counts as history, though? I mean, that's you know what counts.
1: Oh, yesterday onwards or backwards. I guess.
0: There you go. Um uh, I've read a few, not you know. So would he be would this guy
1: <laughs> this guy is a way to reference Napoleon? Would he be your choice of mastermind? It'd be a good yeah. reason to study him.
0: Yeah, it would. I mean, I do think he um based on my admittedly limited knowledge, he is an absolutely incredible figure. Like I do think he's so famous, and I actually think he's more amazing than I realized, and maybe that we're taught to understand. And I don't know whether it's because his main rival for a lot of his life was the British. And so we sort of naturally put him down. But he was so unbelievable, like born in Corsica, like this sort of relatively modest family Mm. somehow ended up as a general in the French army ended up leading France, like a pivotal figure in multiple revolutions Did apparently loads of stuff like unifying and codifying Europe in terms of tax and in terms of higher education. Like his impact is apparently still felt today. And just fought a lot of cool wars. And then he got (laughs) taken out by some alliance with like the Russians and the Austrians, I think. And he was put into exile. And then he came back, which I thought was pretty cool.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: There's a bit where he comes back into France, and there's all these rumors like, "Oh my god, apparently Napoleon's back!" And he sort of builds, he almost builds his army from scratch on the fly, and then retakes Paris.
1: Zaimi, so, is there? And this isn't.
0: I do think he's pretty, pretty cool guy. It's uh, so
1: a very lazy way to learn, but there must be films on this. Why? Oh, I mean, so. why don't they? You so. know, why don't they make a really cool trilogy on that? And then, actually, it's a good way to learn. And then you can watch an amazing... That, that, that's the Netflix series I want to watch next.
0: Yeah. Make that. I think he's weird, though, because I think it's like he also... I mean, a lot of people died. Like,
1: Oh, that like right, shouldn't be.
0: You don't know if... I mean, I guess it's all open for interpretation, isn't it? Because he fought in so many wars. He was probably a warmonger. And he was also... Well, um, but he was also... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. That's yeah. why I want to meet him. Who is this guy?
1: What sort of era was he knocking about in?
0: Uh, I guess he was sort of late seventeen hundreds to sort of early eighteen hundreds. Battle of Water, Battle of Water, Waterloo. I think was eighteen fifteen or eighteen sixteen, which was right. the where he was truly defeated. Um, that was his yeah. That was his big out uh, by Wellington. The first book I read about him was a book about his rivalry with the Duke of Wellington that was very interesting and good. But the author of the book was, in my opinion, he didn't just like Wellington. I think he was actually sort of in love with him and sort of bigged him up in a way that felt really unnatural.
1: Oh, do you know what? I mean, you've gone for a very highbrow. I'm going to go for a very lowbrow example. Uh, During lockdown, I've been trying to read as much as I can. And I've read my first Jack Reacher book, right? (laughs) So very lowbrow. I've got the complete opposite of you here, but uh is it lee child is clearly so in love with this guy that he's it's insane to read it's like it goes from him sort of ranging from him sort of taking out six guys or 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 four of them just running away at the mere sight of jack reacher turning the corner to um jack reacher just waking himself up at seven o'clock because he can set his own internal alarm clock
0: I mean, it's, that's so funny. I just find that so funny. Are they good? The Jack Reacher books
1: n- 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 depends what you're after. It, it's, it's the equivalent of watching uh, a come after, <laughs> after
0: information about Napoleon and my old RE teacher's whereabouts. <laughs> I,
1: I, I'd, 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 I'd love to read the uh, the the book series on him helping uh, a 33 year old man find his old RE teacher, but there very easy read i i'd say it's a palette cleanser if you're reading a couple I've also got the last tattooist of I'm oh, sorry the last tattooist is just the tattooist of outs which I haven't read yet but I'll probably read a jack reacher before and after that
0: yeah that's that's I've i that's what I need I think I um i re- i like reading mystery books now oh because I just think they're, they're, I never used to read them and now I'm Sort of quite into those. So maybe Jack Reacher would be good. I really liked the first Jack Reacher film. I don't know if I that think
1: it's hilarious out. that they cast Tom Cruise. It's insane. I think he's supposed to be six foot seven or something in the books.
0: <laughs> I mean that's perfect, isn't it? It's perfect.
1: <laughs> um I think Tom Cruise is literally five foot seven. They've it's literally a foot mm. shorter than the guy that they went for.
0: Yeah. Maybe even well, shorter want, than that. I don't know what you're gonna do. I mean, you can't be shorter than five foot seven. Actually, no. That is silly. Surely not. <laughs> no, you are. Right. I mean, I know he's not tall. But like five, five foot <laughs> four. I once read. I read the book when I was younger. I, read, I remember I read the book, and I believed this until quite recently that Dustin Hoffman was four foot eleven. And I thought, oh, that's that's good. It's not. It can't possibly be true. It just can't possibly be true. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's a lot of people no. that, are
1: that height who have good careers. But you'd you'd know. That's,
0: <laughs> you know, wouldn't you? He's Tootsie. That would be built into the plot of every one of his films.
1: Yeah, yeah. That would be, yeah, you're typecast. You can't be four foot 11 and not have that sort of slightly uh, played huge part in the pun part in your career.
0: Yeah. In the same way that if you're six foot nine, which is like people are that tall, but if you're an actor,
1: yeah, it's, yeah. I'm, the but the maybe Rock not. isn't playing Tootsie.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the thing, though, isn't it? The Rock is like, do they always reference the fact that he's just a massive bloke? I don't know. I maybe they, it, maybe they just don't reference it.
1: Maybe that's like a. a Brad, is it Brad Pitt always has to be eating in his films? He always has to have a scene where he's eating. So maybe I'm they like just that. say doesn't Hoffman is don't mention his height, and the Rock is do mention that he's massive.
0: <laughs> would you? What would you? Would you have one if you were a film star? Would you have an equivalent like? every seat like once a film you have to be eating would you have a stipulation like that for you like to make you look cool or whatever
1: do you know what i would have and this is a and this is again never been asked this question before so it's just come from it i remember being about seven years old and being in a, in a park yeah, i think it was runnymede and i saw a boy who must have been a couple of years older than me he was down, bending down on one knee tying up his shoelace while his younger sister sort of jumped on his back but he sort of kept his composure and sort of tied his own shoelace. and i don't think i maybe couldn't tie my shoelace at that age whatever age i was and i remember thinking that was the drive i went i want to learn to tie my shoelace because that looked so cool <laughs>
0: you, you wait wait a minute i've asked you what what what, what thing would you build into your film contracts to make you more impressive. And your thing is, once what, in every film, I have to tie my shoelaces.
1: I just, I, I think, because going back to, I think, six or seven year old me, however old I was, I'm not sure what age you're supposed to know how to tie your shoelace. But I think he would love that if he knew he grew up to be that.
0: That has genuinely blown me away. I just would love to be, I'd love to be your agent. When you... When you <laughs> Yeah, you're in. You're getting 15 million. Big superhero film. What are your demands? I want to tie my shoelaces at any point.
1: Just cut to me doing it. It doesn't even make sense.
0: <laughs> just why are you doing that? I just want to give hope to all those kids out there who can't tie their shoelaces.
1: That might be it. That guy was the inspiration for me to tie mine. Maybe that will teach people to. T-
0: mine, mine tie mine is prob- mine's probably from a similar p- place, actually.
1: What would you do? But I don't think it's be?
0: that. I mean, it's not as bad as that. I think mine would be like I'd do a handstand or, <laughs> or something. Every film I do a I do a handstand just to. But I don't. I probably I can't do one. But I'd get a stunt double so people think I can do one.
1: Have you seen the remake of Schindler's List? Sean McLaughlin's got a part in it. It is insane.
0: I mean, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean imagine that they remade first of all to even think we're going to re- we're going to remake Schindler's List we've got Lambert and McLaughlin in Lam- Lambert can't stop tripping over his laces
1: you, you need some sort of character development it's going to start with me tripping over my laces and you just sort of up against them all trying to figure it out
0: my, my character development is I walk on my feet for the first half and then the second half of the film is <laughs> just on my hands. It's never explained. Never, re- so consciously, never referenced. Subconsciously, the audience get it. They like, go, oh, something's <laughs> changed about this man. This this war has taken its toll on you.
1: <laughs> oh, God. I enjoyed that. I also do want to make a side note, actually. I don't want to be the sort of person that's recommending Jack Reacher books to people. Can I recommend instead Matt Haig? As a panic cleanser, you
0: want? Like, yeah, go. Yeah, sorry.
1: I think that, that would just play in the back of my mind if I didn't get that out of the way. Um, I think that's I a good palate I also don't want
0: to recommend. I don't want people to think that I'm the type of guy who just reads big historical. <laughs> <laughs> one of you know, one of the most recent books I read was Mike Myers' Guide to Canada. So you know, quite... I didn't know he'd written that. No, I didn't either. But a fan, a fan of both, both it. Mike Myers and the and the Nation. So I uh, read it.
1: Put together. Lovely. Um, yeah. I recently read uh, Bill Bryson's Notes from a Small Island. Um, didn't like it.
0: That's so interesting. Why didn't you like it?
1: I'll tell you why I didn't like it. I found it to be quite repetitive and that he kept going to places and they sounded really depressing and then he was sort of leaving and go to another place. And mainly because he was staying in these little hotels with these sort of, mm. you know, it was raining or whatever and he was having these like, you know, just these dinners in these small dingy restaurants. It just reminded me too much of the worst parts of being a comedian.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you're a millionaire. You, you could go anywhere. Why are you going here? Cause I, yeah. I, I read, um, I didn't finish it oddly enough. Cause I didn't like it. Cause he went back and did the second one 20 years later. He did notes oh. on a small island and then he did mm. another travel book in Britain about how much it's changed. And I didn't like it.
1: Oh, okay. I I found
0: it quite snooty.
1: Yeah, okay. He seemed
0: to, like, really insult a lot of the people that he comes across. I'm like, well, they don't owe you anything, Bill. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. And he was complaining about it 20 years before. What? Don't go again, then. (laughs) Also, there's an incredible bit, which has aged so badly, where he's in Manchester in, I think it's 1994, complaining that Manchester has no identity or any scene whatsoever, which is basically a year before Oasis and some of the yeah. best bands you'll ever know have come out where Manchester United a couple of years later go on to like win the treble and have some of like, literally had the class of 92 coming through yeah. at that point. And he just goes <laughs> there and just doesn't like it because the, uh, the, the shops are a bit run down.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I sort of, I never got that. Like my parents all loved him and mm-hmm. I sort of read his books when I was a kid and I was thought, like, Oh, this guy's a, I mean, not, look, if you're listening, Bill, who am I to judge you? But keep a, keep a more open mind. I mean, imagine saying that about Manchester in 1994. Freaking go to the hacienda, Bryson. There's so much yeah. carried
1: on. Of course well, you're not going to been... like it. You're a man in your 40s going around on his own moaning and complaining. You've been on the road for six months.
0: <laughs> you're, just a, you're a dumb old Yankee doodle with a bus pass. <laughs> I remember I read when I, was, I went to Australia a couple of years ago, and he has, hes written a book about Australia, and oh, I, was yeah. in the, I was in the airport, about to fly there, and I found it just in the W. H. Smith, and I flicked through the first chapter, and it's just him laying into Australia. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What you need to be a travel writer? He's this guy's made millions of just basically being paid to go places and insult. I—I I don't like that. He's yeah, like, no one's asking. I no was asking you to go there, Bill. You asked to go there. <laughs> Put the, was
1: the gun your head. without sounding too brexit just go home just
0: fuck fuck off bill back to where you came from go back,
1: back and the on the that note of the uh, of the culture podcast we'll uh, <laughs> there's another knock at the door can i just say well, this well, I mean, jake
0: sorry jake I, just say, I have absolutely no idea if this is going well or not <laughs> 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 no idea I had a coffee that was way too strong this morning. Mentally, I'm all over the shop. I think this is going fine, but it might not be.
1: I think if people were to say there's a podcast where uh, the host sits down with the guests and they discuss their perfect dinner party guests, one alive, one dead, one fictional, you're going to think very Radio 4. What's happened is two comedians in their 30s have sat down and have a chat, and if you told them that bit of extra information, this is exactly where they think it would go.
0: (laughs) Two, two people who have lost their livelihoods at a time of, of immense uh, emotional strain on them and the country are people having might, cumulative listen. breakdowns on a podcast about a dinner party.
1: Historians might look back at this in one of the best documentations of what the pandemic did to people's mental state and really study the point where for no reason whatsoever the two of them stop to really lay into Bill Bryson
0: (laughs) Two let's face it, thoroughly decent average people who have no real problem with anyone which I don't think I do, I don't think you do have got to the point by March 2021 where we are publicly laying into Bryson, (laughs) national treasure Bill Bryson (laughs)
1: knock at the door third and final knock at the door of the evening fictional guest who is joining Mr. Hubert and Napoleon Bonaparte
0: well we talk about palate cleansers in life no greater palate cleanser than my third guest the lovable the unmistakable R2-D2 from Star Wars
1: right okay
0: (laughs) Just, just for not, listeners to know, Jake visibly had to stop his head from shaking. There, <laughs> I could see your head going, Fuck it! No, not <laughs> Handed
1: me a grenade. Pull the pin out. Deal with this.
0: R two D two. I love that. I love that little droid.
1: Will I? Would you understand what he was saying, or no. C three P O going to have to come to be the <laughs> I translation
0: Here is the problem. I would. I. I thought of some other people, right? And I just, but what I came back to, I go, I just want someone, I just want a slam dunk of a guest. I think,
1: right? Yes,
0: because I I thought, you know, and I like, I don't even like Star Wars that much to be honest, but I like it a bit. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought I'll be cool to get someone, you know, fictional (laughs) to really push the boat out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get like a a robot or an alien or something. But I thought like data from Star Trek. Oh God, just be boring. He's just so dull. And then I think C three PO. Just, I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd throw him in the bar. Be a nightmare. I, he's such a nightmare. Uh, yeah. R two D two. You know, if, he, if he's on good form, I just think he's cute. He's charming. You could pop a tray on him.
1: Yeah, useful. He'd be great. And Having. Sci-fi, there. This robot that's been to space is an extra sort of two fingers up to your RE teacher.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, I've got (laughs) Napoleon and R two D two in my house, Hubert, and you're (laughs) drawing on your you're drawing on your teacher's pension, (laughs) sitting in your lab, annoyed at me. I think uh, I think R two D two would be r to be good. He wouldn't eat. There's more food. True. Um,
1: it's good to have a dinner party
0: on a budget. I like the little bleeps and blops. <laughs> I like the noises that it is makes. Is the
1: same same guy still playing? Is it? Um, Dustin Kenny Hoffman? Baker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I in. Is it? Is it still Kenny Baker in the in the suit?
0: Kelly, I think Kenny Baker may have passed away. I'm, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. Years, someone but... else is that to... Oh, okay. Who's, who's in there? I, mean, now I hope there's someone in there. I mean, I'm not kidding. <laughs> the... By the way, when I say it, it's not fiction. It's not literally the model. I'm talking the character of our. The it's, character, correct, The correct. Assumption yeah. is that it's. The assumption yeah. is that I've just there's some, someone in there. Yeah,
1: I've got confused <laughs> by my own podcast. The format I created has sort of <laughs> sort of thrown if wanted,
0: me. If I wanted someone, I mean. Theoretically then, R2-D2 could have been living, dead and fictional. I mean, I could have fit all the criteria.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely choice, but you're not even a big fan of Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I guess I am.
1: I guess he is one of the most famous characters ever created.
0: Yeah, I just think, he's, I just think it's a really cute little droid, always puts a smile on my face. Um,
1: What's the new one? What's the ball thing? That's yeah, that's a cool one.
0: Yeah, no, I don't I, just
1: sort of slam your guest, but
0: that's the no, I, I didn't take it as an insult until you spoke, but it was one. I think, I think, uh, I, th- I think that's when Star Wars is irresistible. I don't know. Are you a Star Wars fan? I,
1: I, I, I watch them. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a fan, I wouldn't sort of, I couldn't talk about them. Uh, it sorry at any sort of length, but when the film comes out, I watch it. And in fact, yeah. I liked one of the recent ones that people didn't like, which I think was the second one of the new lot. Mm. Again, I couldn't even tell you the name. It was one people slated, and I watched it. I thought it was really funny.
0: It was it's really sort of Jedi. self-aware.
1: Maybe it was the Last Jedi. Yeah, it was really self-aware.
0: Yeah, I mean, I it's funny this, I loved Star Wars when I was a kid and that I, you know, I, again, I'm like, you know, I watch, watch the films when they come out. Yeah. I sort of think most of them are pretty bad. Yeah. I'm sort of at the point now where I'm like, these are all pretty bad but I do think the designs of the robots are so great that I kind of just watch it for that almost.
1: Yeah, LR2 I do, I do enjoy BB it. 8. It's yeah. lovely to watch. BB- I remember once at an award ceremony, BB-8 came out onto stage and I couldn't figure out how that was happening. How? Because the whole ball moves, but it's got a head and the head doesn't move. How's that happening?
0: <laughs> Are you asking me that sincerely? <laughs> how is that happening? I don't know. I don't know what I wanted you to say. <laughs> well, let me, let me talk you through the mechanics
1: of BB-8. Did we ever find out what R2-D2 stands for?
0: Uh, I don't know. It probably did. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. But I won't understand. But what I keep saying it's a he, but it isn't. I mean, I, I guess is it a male? Right? It's sort of that's sort of true. Out, it's sort of outside of the gender spectrum. I think a uh, uh, being like R two, but uh, it could play that that clip of Princess Leia. Um, that'd be fun. I'd like to. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be a. That'd be like a really fun after dinner thing. He could just play that. Look at that, Napoleon. What do you think? What do you think of that?
1: <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where we do quick fire questions, Sean, to find out. Have we started. Get- I
0: didn't know we started before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a bit of a gauge of what it'd be like to have a dinner party with Sean McLaughlin. Some couple of quick fire questions. You ready? Yeah. Go. Beer or wine?
0: At a dinner party, you'd say wine. But I probably i don't know i like them both i suppose
1: <laughs> quickly sort of uh the quick fire round sorry
0: yeah how quick uh, is quick i mean you know by
1: being slow and selecting both
0: <laughs> all right you know fine take another dig another dig at the guest don't worry
1: <laughs> whiskey or gin whiskey good choice me too meat or vegan vegan mm, are you vegan
0: um, at home, I am because my wife is. Right. right. I'm a vegetarian. Vegetarian on the streets, vegan in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Starter or dessert? Starter. Lovely.
0: Not, not, but mainly because I, my dessert, I've got such a sweet tooth that it just would, it would never end. So I have to be picky about the sweet stuff I eat. Yeah,
1: I sort of have a cup of tea with a treat about four or five times a day.
0: My one is is peanut butter. I eat peanut butter now with a spoon, and that's kind of, and there's still enough. It's not good, but there's enough goodness in there. Like there's at least protein and, yeah, sweet kind of hit.
1: Yeah, and vegan, and vegan music or games.
0: What's happening? What is this question? What do I prefer,
1: <laughs> music or I games? I, yeah, I don't know what I mean. I think for entertainment, the the thing: are we playing music or we music sort of 100%. games? Yeah, cool. I
0: would, I find playing games stress. I would find that very stressful.
1: Well, thanks for joining in. Culture
0: <laughs> yeah, or politics? Cultural politics. <laughs> That's the same these days, isn't it? Bloody hell. <laughs> um, I'd have to go. you go culture, wouldn't you? I reckon. And I'm then, not talking politics. Not with here a we go. No.
1: <laughs> or your RE teacher. No. I imagine he's a bit right-wing from the sounds of him. Yeah, probably. Sweeping generalisation. R2D2. I wonder what his politics like. It'd be very lame, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I mean, he screams um, labour.
0: We are... We are all over the map with this, aren't we? Part <laughs> well too detailed. What do his politics lie? When this started, I would never have imagined that <laughs> That sentence. I think he's an anarchist. I think he just wants... I think he's... I think he's Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. fair. Here we go.
0: Signature dish. For me to cook. Um, see, this is where we have problems, isn't it? probably ch- chili chili a vegan chili yeah online. like nice. and a, maybe i'd have like a maybe i'd make nachos oh yeah with like a, with chili on it with cheese and guac
1: this is the part sean where i now <laughs> tell you who i predicted to be your guests okay right
0: were you close on any of them
1: I'd say I was slightly close on. I was actually yeah. I'd say I was close on one. Yeah, but you can decide whether that is close or not. Uh, for alive, I went for your old history teacher. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> million miles away.
1: I went for um, Tina Fey.
0: Yeah, good. I was Liz Lemon was one of the one her character. Oh. In the book was almost going to be my um. My would have been a great guess. choice right. because I think me and, me and her James, share the same uh, culinary uh, instincts of just <laughs> eating, eating greasy crap but uh, I don't I, I genuinely wouldn't know what to say if I met her I'm such a huge the fan. character
1: or Tina Fey Tina Fey both I mean, if, it was
0: the, if it was the character I'd, I'd Being a lot more worried, but
1: (laughs) the the human being. I would assume Tina Fey's had a breakdown. (laughs)
0: Something's something's wrong here.
1: Dead, I went with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Now, this is because you and I share a very similar thing here, and that we both absolutely love the film Moneyball. Yes. I think it's incredible, despite the fact that no matter how many times I think about that film and the premise of it, I can't understand how it works so well, but it just works.
0: Yeah. Are you like a fan of baseball or like Americana or stuff?
1: Like, I want to be a fan of baseball, but then whenever whenever I watch it, I realise it is just too long and too slow. Mm. But I've been to a couple of games. I hadn't been to a game when I watched this film. So this film may have helped that.
0: Mm. Cause I don't I don't care about it at all. Right. I don't have a hatred of it, but it just means nothing to me. A lot of the stuff that underpins that film means nothing to me. Yeah, I it is unquestionably my favorite film. Like I think it's so brilliant. Yeah.
1: It's it's absolutely brilliant. And I'd say it's probably the coolest film. I think it's so cool.
0: Yeah, it's like uh it's great. I think it is the script is like the script is the star, I think. It's just yeah. so every scene is so brilliant. Every character is so well defined and I love it. I'm glad you I'm glad that you like it. I'm glad I love are, it. And yeah.
1: I, I went for Philip Seymour Hoffman because he's he's in it and he's dead.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was that. Fit
0: but fit both the criteria. Um
1: for fictional no, this is the one I'd say is the closest. Not close, but the closest. Is I went for uh, Picard.
0: Yeah, it was top five. It was top five. Oh,
1: right. So
0: um, you definitely you got it w- it could have been him. I just I just think it would have been such a heavy I think it would have been such <laughs> a heavy dinner <laughs> if by <had> Jean Luc Picard <laughs> and Napoleon. It's a weird evening. <laughs> in me, and also just the thought of having a I've got to serve these people nachos at a second. <laughs> like, these guys are, what is this?
1: I reckon even I don't know, maybe Picard's the only one that would slightly understand the benefits of a vegan diet.
0: Yeah, I think he would. I mean, he's a vet, look, he's a he's a cultured guy, he's a big fan of history. He'd get a kick out of it. Make no mistake, he'd get a kick out of it, but um. Well, I don't know. I think, I think with R2D2, it's like you know what you're getting. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. You're getting a cheeky droid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a massive Star Trek fan. I wouldn't even say I'm a Star Trek fan, but I could appreciate that. It'd be a cool guy to meet.
0: I always think like meeting Patrick Stewart would be so cool. I've never met him. I know some people who have met him. Apparently, he's really great. But I'm also a bit like, I think I just want to meet the character. <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> he's, in my head, he's so synonymous with that one role. I mean, he's good in all the things, isn't he? He's good in um I don't know what else he's in. In extras. He's, he's very to good bring at it that. Back around. He's maybe my favorite uh, one. He's maybe my favorite guest they had in that.
1: Him and um so Um, what's his name? McKellen. McKellen. Yeah, Ian McKellen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Those two together are a great bunch. Do they have a podcast together or something? I feel like they should.
0: Yeah, it's about dinner party guests, I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sean, it's a lovely day, and I'm sure you want to go outside for a walk. I mean, do what you want, but... (laughs) One more thing. We have to decide which of your guests we're putting through to the ultimate dinner party.
0: Because who else has gone on? Is there going to be overlap, do you think?
1: Uh, There's no overlap so far with Napoleon or R2-D2. You're safe.
0: All right. And no one's chosen Mr. Hubert. Okay, um... Um well, It's a tough one. That I mean, I, th- I think the, the problem is you can't. I think Napoleon's one of those guys. He's like your, he's like your mate who you know is a, is kind of trouble. <laughs> you can go, yeah, oh, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> feel comfortable bringing him in most places. Whereas I think R two D two, it's like he's the life and soul no matter where he goes. So I'd have to go with 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 the little droid. I think.
1: I actually think you're right. You're going to have probably a bit of a. uh Tough conversation when we're all just sat opposite our favourite people having the uh, having the dinner. But after that, when the drinks get everyone's gonna love the fact that he's there.
0: Especially if I've already I've already had a dinner party with the other two. Right. I'm yeah. just not sure. I'm like, oh God, I think I've done enough. I mean I've I've learned enough about you guys. Whereas I think R2 is antics, you know, I mean they've they've kept they've kept me entertained my whole life.
1: I mean, as we said, one of the most famous fictional characters ever created. Nobody, even my mum, who would never have seen a second of Star Wars, Star Wars, he comes in the room. I was going to say walk, but sort of wheels into the room. She knows who that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she'd also know who Napoleon is, <laughs> I assume.
0: But <laughs> who who who's in there? Am I allowed to ask?
1: Prince is there. Uh, Joanna Lumley.
0: I mean, already, already, this sounds like a great time.
1: Sean, classic bit of any podcast, where can people find you?
0: Um well you follow me on Twitter if you want at Sean McLaughlin, Instagram. Yeah, I don't know, I forgot what my Instagram thing is. Sean McLaughlin comedian, I think.
1: Oh yeah. And then that would do it. Listen, if they search you.
0: If you I mean look, yeah. if you search me, job done. Um yeah, or just listen to my albums or watch my sh- show on youtube yeah do
1: watch it it's 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 so good thanks man so that was sean i hope you enjoyed it it was genuinely as chaotic as it was fun to do i'm doing all i can to keep this show under one hour so as usual please rate and subscribe and share and i will be back again next week bye